Hi, welcome to the Fit Me Forever podcast hosted by the OmniFit. We're about all things fitness. We help women get off the diet roller coaster to find sustainable health, embracing life right where you are on the way to where you're going. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Coach Jody V, a certified nutrition coach who specializes in helping women become physically and mentally strong to regain energy for a life they love. I would like to welcome my co-host, Kayla Duncan, owner of the OmniFit, and fellow colleague and nutrition coach, Taylor Bloxham. Together, we are the OmniFit. Hey, ladies. Welcome back to the Fit Me Forever podcast. We're here with Coach Jody and Coach Kayla, and we're going to be going over, you don't have to count calories to be successful. I love this topic. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a huge, a huge, huge thing just because how popular is nowadays macro, macronutrient counting and all of these different methods in which to reach your goals, but it's not one way or the highway. It's not, you have to count every morsel, track every morsel in order to be successful. And actually that's, that's quite the opposite just because that is, that's putting a huge roadblock on many different ways that you can make progress with being intuitive with your body and learning your body's cues and feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, And just thinking that there's one way to make progress. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is that there's a ton of foods out there that don't have a food label first off. Um, And secondly, nobody wants to walk around with a food scale all the time. So how do we move from utilizing these methods? Maybe this is something that you've used in the past. And our desire with this podcast is to help you take what you already know and apply that to a method that is long-term, that's sustainable. You guys know, um, if this is not your first time listening to us, that it's fit me forever. That's what we're about. We're about making fitness for the rest of your life. And the reality is, is that you're not going to count calories the rest of your life. (laughs) Now, is it useful at different times? Is there something to be learned? Sure. We actually have a a fat loss dieting protocols, two podcasts back or two podcasts that we recorded part one and two of episode and um, which actually, which episode was that? I'll put it in the show notes because it's not the ones I I have noted here. Um, We have a lot of them now. Yeah. Uh, Just one caveat to that though. I think that, um, for some people, macronutrient counting as a foundational practice is super important because it helps you understand if, if you don't have knowledge of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say this, like 10 years ago when I started counting macros, I never was conscientious about what is protein or not protein or whatever. Like I kind of thought I ate from a common sense standpoint. And that once you understand food, it does become, it can kind of become common sense, right? Mm-hmm. But many people don't know. Like one of the common questions we get as coaches is, I don't know what I'm supposed to be eating. I don't know what I'm supposed to be eating. So we teach you how to do that, but, but you don't have to count. You don't have to do, like you said, don't have to do that forever, but it's an educational tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we want to help you use what you know. A lot of people, um, a lot of you guys that might be listening if you have come from a history of dieting or yo-yo dieting, you might feel defeated or like a failure that you're not able to keep going without that tool. I've heard a lot of people even like, oh my gosh, I started this new program. My food scale broke. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do without that? Because they've made their progress and they've seen success and they feel confident with this strategy that, they, that they've learned. And what we want to do is help you 
with that, help the tools that you have and move through a more sustainable approach um, so that you can go back to it if you ever want to. Um, speaking candidly, contest prep, you're never going to do a contest prep. You're never going to do a extreme fat loss phase without macronutrients. You need to know those strategies and tools in order to be able to reach that level of conditioning. But if you're just someone who wants to feel good, wants to be healthier, um, then we want to free you from that, that cycle of needing to count everything. So where do we start when someone desires that change? Hmm. I think common sense. And, and I think about this, um, which sounds kind of funny, but I think about my grandmother. Mm -hmm. My grandmother never had a food scale. She never, you know, had a macronutrient counter or anything like that, but she certainly knew what a balanced meal looked like and what was going to serve her body well. And she's never been, she's 94 years old. She's never been overweight. And so like our body, our bodies know what to do with the right food. And so if we have some education of, about that food, um, what's in it, and we feed our bodies that way in a, in a portion size that's adequate but not too much we're addressing hunger and we're learning what our biofeedback cues are which you guys hear us talk about that all the time um, those things can start to become second nature to us I think that through the dieting phases and cycles and all these things that were imposed with on our life we've stopped learning how to listen mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. I, one of my favorite things is I think we've talked about this before, but going back to, we are born that way. We are born with the intuition of, of knowing when we're hungry and telling mom, dad, I'm hungry or stopping when we're full and somewhere that gets lost. I know that we've talked about that. And so it seems just silly sometimes when yes, it's necessary to in a season take a little bit of time to maybe start tracking your food or looking into the details a little bit more to make sure that you're actually gaining knowledge and, and getting a grip on some of those, those things, but also scaling it back when all of that, that beneficial um, intuition has, has gone somewhere and you don't know where it went. And so queuing into those hung hunger signals, um, your sleep patterns, your energy levels, how do you actually feel? What are you craving? What do you want for lunch? And then how does it make you feel? You can stop when you're, when you're not yet full, but you're satiated. That is a, that is a possibility. And mm -hmm. that is, that's what people should be aiming for, but it gets lost for many. Um, and so just tuning back there um, and scaling it back and going back to where it started, I think is a huge step one um, for a lot of people. Yeah, and then too, um, learning how to portion ver ver versus measuring. Like thinking about, um, we go back to intuitive portioning where instead of, you know, putting 100, 100 grams of rice or whatever on the scale, you know, looking at when, when you're actually practicing that, like actually looking at your food and going, oh, that looks like about 100, that's what 100 grams look like as opposed to, you know, three cups of rice or something like that, you know, and, and using like your fist and hand and your thumb to kind of use that as a guidepost um, for what you might need. And then, you know, if you portioned yourself out um, like, you know, two big handfuls of rice, are you full at one and a half? Are you full at one, you know, kind of listening to that fullness quotient based on just visual measures 
um, is a real helpful, helpful thing to do. And, mm -hmm. and listening to the biofeedback around that. Yeah, hearing you guys say all this stuff is, is so great. And one thing that we have to be aware of is multitasking. I know that if I am working while I'm eating, or even if I'm with people while I'm eating, I will just keep eating or I will set this food aside. It gets cold and I'm working and then I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry. Like I had a couple bites and I'm just like an hour will pass. And so really giving yourself that, um, that margin to enjoy your meal. Think about what you're eating. Is it, does it taste good? Are you enjoying it? Like how does this feel in your mouth, these textures? Because it really is an experience. Eating really is an experience. And I understand that a lot of times um, our lifestyles don't really allow for that. And that's when there's this management of pre-planning, having it portioned, knowing that it's a good portion for you and just eating because you need to. You're running out the door. Drink your shake, eat your granola bar, have breakfast, move on. But make sure that you're giving yourself the opportunity several times a week, I would say at least once a day, to really experience a meal. And if that's lunch for you, or maybe that's dinner with your family, and doing what Coach Jody said about using your hands to portion, those are good recommended starting points for portioning, and then listening to your body. If you're still hungry, give yourself a little bit more. Maybe you know that you didn't have enough vegetables today because you had a processed breakfast, you had a granola bar with a protein shake, and you had a sandwich for lunch. So have an extra serving of vegetables for dinner if you're still a little bit hungry. And that's where it kind of goes into using what you know about food and having a foundation of some knowledge about what is good for your body, and what's fueling you, and then being able to kind of pick and decide. But that initial plate should really just be a portion for what's good for you. And then after you complete eating, deciding if you want more or less of that. Yeah, I think that that's so key, Kayla, and being fully present with your food whenever possible. It's mm -hmm. not always possible. Sometimes you are grabbing the granola bar and the protein shake, um, but it's better than the Red Bull and the donut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. like, so like optimizing choices and mm -hmm. like owning those choices, but, you know, as much as possible, being fully present with the food is a, an awesome habit step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. It is. And that actually, you, you mentioned habits, not counting calories to be successful starts off with these foundational things that we have to put in place. And that requires a very intentional choice. And then an action, you just do it. There's not a feeling involved with doing what is right. Having protein at each meal is what you need to do in order to set yourself up for success. But what that does is it creates a, a pattern of behavior. It creates a habit. Um, and evaluating, do your current behaviors support what you want to cultivate? What is it that you're moving towards? Is that the habits that you want to have? So we mentioned protein shakes several times. One of the easiest things whenever I ask, let's say I do you know, like just a regular discovery call and have a client evaluation, and I usually ask, well, tell me about your day. Tell me about what time do you wake up in the morning? What, what's your pattern on a normal day? And the usual is, you know, I wake up between five and seven, usually five and six. I might have some quiet time, might take a shower, then I get the kids up, get them ready for school, I've got my coffee in hand, and I'm on the road, I'm at work by between seven and eight, usually, most people. And then they're sitting down at their desk, and they're like, well, then I get kind of hungry, and so I might take a break and have a bowl of oatmeal. Okay, great. Come back to your desk, finish eat or finish 
doing whatever you do in the morning and then you have lunch. And then at lunch, it's, well, I might go out to lunch and I have a salad or I try to eat healthy. I might have a yogurt. Okay. We get down to the afternoon. Well, now I've got to rush. I got to pick the kids up from school or I have to get them off the bus, whatever this huge transition in the, in the evening afternoon, which is usually chaos for everyone, including myself before you sit down at the dinner table. If you sit down at the dinner table, sometimes dinner is even crazy. Make sure the kids fed you feed that you feed yourself later, right? Like that's chaos sometimes. And what I see over that whole perspective of a day is lots of opportunities to stick in a protein shake because I'm not going to tell someone that is really struggling to get their life together in general to sit down and just enjoy this meal. Like, are you crazy? Like, no, Yeah. but (laughs) while you're in the car taking Susie to school or picking Henry up from practice or whatever, have a protein shake. Just either get one from the store pre-made. And it's amazing at what just interjecting that into your day can begin to create and cultivate the habit that you want to have because you do want to be more mindful and you'll get there, but you don't have to start there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think too, like when you're talking about um, just cultivating these habits and we've talked about them on many in many, many conversations, many podcasts, Make sure that the habits that you're establishing are based on appropriate facts. And, and I think that's so key. Like we talked about in episode 27 about lies about fat loss. So you're really busy with Johnny and Henry and whatever kind of thing, but you have had this thing in your mind that you can't eat anything after six o'clock at night. So you get home from soccer practice at 730 and basically decide not to eat because you're believing something that's not true. And that, and you're trying to base a habit on something that's not true. And then you set yourself up for failure and like the deprivation and the dieting cycle that we talked about in the last podcast. So it's super important as you're thinking about moving from, um, you know, perhaps counting to being intuitive to make sure that you're basing um, that those changes in habits and behaviors on truthful facts, not myths about what's going to keep you moving, um, you know, towards your goal in the right direction. That's such a great point. Such a great point. Um, And then second to that, which we have mentioned several times, whenever you are introducing a new behavior is don't try to do everything at once. And in fact, we are big advocates for just doing one Thing. And I know that feels crazy. I know that feels like it's going to take forever. But if you truly step back and think about all the things that you've tried to do that haven't stuck in the past and how much time that has kind of caused you to waste, just try it. Just try it this time to do one thing. Let it get ingrained. Let it feel natural where you're not spending time thinking about it or trying to remember to make your protein shake, where it's just like, your cup of coffee in the morning or brushing your teeth. It's just something that you just do because you just, you haven't always drank coffee. You didn't come out of the womb drinking coffee. What is it that makes it so mindless that we can just, you know, like a zombie walk to the coffee maker and get it going. It's that it became a habit and whatever it is that you do in the morning becomes a habit. You haven't, you didn't come out of the womb doing what you're doing today, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, like you're rushing out of the house. I think about this because I'm not a coffee drinker. Right. I know both of you guys love it. And um, you could just rush out of the house with your coffee, but you know what? You could make your mocha protein shake. You, you yeah. have coffee yeah. and that protein shake and run. And that would become a hat. That'd be one more thing that would likely serve you well as you started your day. Cause you might not be able to sit down to eat until break time at 10 o'clock. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe that's 10 minutes of trying to get mindful with, you know, whatever's going on mm-hmm. um, or yeah. whatever's in front of you. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. And there's so many different habits you can really cultivate. And it's really just depending on what your goals are. It could be anything pertaining to nutrition. It could be drinking a glass of water in the morning before you have anything. It could be going to bed earlier um, or just being more present with your family. It can be any kind of habit that you consistently work on. And it can be one thing at a time that is so simple that you don't even have to think about. Every time you do it, you're being intentional. But think about the one habit. We talked about this last podcast. What is the domino effect? What is that one thing for you that if you change, will change everything? Like if you find yourself um, really struggling with that midday lull and that's when your cravings come on or whatever, that kind of thing, like that three o'clock just drop or whatever, and it's because you didn't eat breakfast and like having that mocha coffee protein shake in the morning totally somehow changes that trajectory for you, well, then that's an appropriate choice for you. Somebody else, it's going to be something different. So it just takes a couple of minutes to step back and, you know, ask yourself. Another thing we talk with clients a lot about is what is the motivation? What is your motivation for wanting to make change? Is it because you just want the outcome or is it because you really do want to feel fit forever? Um, What is your why? And it's not just the surface level why, oh, I want to lose weight. Like um, so many really prominent coaches will say, dig that back about five levels. You know, dig down. Yeah, you want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? Mm -hmm. Well, why is that? Why is that? Just keep peeling it back. And when things get tough, you can kind of put your why in front of you and it helps you navigate more longer term than being that short term thinking pattern. Mm -hmm. And thinking about, okay, if you do lose weight, what does that do for your life? What does that? And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of women will say, I'll have more energy. Okay. What does having more energy allow you to do? Mm -hmm. Well, I could do this hobby or I could go here or if I had more energy, I wouldn't be so short with my husband and then we would have a better relationship. Mm-hmm. If you had a better relationship, what would that mean? Well, mm-hmm. it would be a better environment for my children or there. I mean, if you really it's think Anna. about it, those are, those are meaningful. It is so much more meaningful than what you look like in a bikini <laughs> or, you know, or what you're going to, the salad you're going to have for lunch. And so take the time to do that. And I would go a step further and write it down, write it down, not a note in your phone, Write it down with your hand on a piece of paper. And there's a, there's a lot of uh, research that supports getting our thoughts out on paper, physically writing them down and how that connects to our mind and solidifies um, the, those things inside of ourselves. Um, we could spend a whole podcast just talking about that. We've mentioned it a lot before. So yeah, getting your why down, don't let it be so surface and asking yourself, what would that do for me? If that happened, what would that do? And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So, so powerful. So another thing that is, is very important about not being able or not having to count calories in order to be successful is choosing something that's sustainable. That, is it sustainable for you to enter everything into MyFitnessPal to count on a daily basis? How much time does that take? Ah, right. I just want to, <laughs> no. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, it takes time. It takes time. Right. And so not saying that you can't look at past food logs and learn 
There's a ton of information that we can learn. It's a common thing I have a lot of clients do at a period of time in our coaching is to have a food log, record that, let's look at it, let's learn from it. But what is sustainable and what is your life um, allow right now, whether that's time, whether that's energy, whether that's education. Um, do you intake education better with reading, better with podcasts? You're obviously listening to us. Um, and, and researching things that if maybe you don't know what is in food and maybe that's why you count calories because you lean on Weight Watchers point system because it's ingrained in your mind and you can do it mindlessly. So you do that because it feels natural. But if I, if we were to really sit down and ask like, what do those points mean? What do they equate to? If you don't know, then that can be that next thing that maybe instead of listening to more of our podcast, do a YouTube search on what is protein, what foods have protein in them to get kind of a good foundation on if what you want to do is choose protein, be able to do that in a sustainable fashion rather than having to just search what does this have in it, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think every bit of change and sustainable change starts with a question. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's what do I need to know in order to move myself to an achievement of a particular goal, whether it's weight loss or whether it's moving, you know, from macro counting to intuitive eating, like it's just by nature, it, it's not a habit, like you're trying to change something. And so you need information and education to be able to make that change. Mm -hmm. um, and then be able, once you have that information to take action and move. It, you know, in that direction. Um, I know one of the things with sustainability we talk about all the time is there's just the whole myth around counting calories. Um, it, it's good. And yet there is, um, you know, just having education around food labels is super important because we think we have a tendency early on to think that's the end all and be all mm -hmm. so we recognize that how to learn how to be intuitive about it because there's all kinds of issues related to food labels that many people don't recognize and um you guys want to just talk about those real quick well well yeah. attention on that because that's really what we're talking about is being super you know like focused on all these food labels and counting all this stuff. And what does that really give us in the long run as opposed to being intuitive and how to navigate that? So food labels have a lot of uh, pitfalls that I think our audience may want to understand a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge margin of error for, uh, for food labels, depending on what country you're in the United States, the FDA um, has a large margin of estimation that they allow for food companies to put on their labels in terms of calories, if the calories are what you're looking for, rounding up and down. Um, and then also with the grams that are physically listed. So I know one of the challenges with processed food, counting macronutrients, was being able to appropriately estimate and go, well, look, this box says that this serving should equal this. But I mean, you're, Jody, you mentioned common sense in the very beginning. Common sense says that that is a huge portion of oatmeal, whatever. Mm. And I remember being in this, this group of people that um, were counting macronutrients at the time, and there was this particular food label that went around that was misprinted. And the company ended up coming out and saying, oh my gosh, this is misprinted. We're so sorry. But the portion was like double. And you just have to use your common sense of like, yeah. that is a ton of food. There's no, like, there's no way those calories are empty. They're, they're not free. Your body has to process them. Yeah. I think it's funny thing. It's like, I just, just for the fun of it, like I do read food labels all the time and, okay. and I think it's interesting. 
Um, like I picked up a candy bar the other day just to see, like it, it was a fairly large one. And now somebody might pick that up and look at it and go, not really read the label properly and go, oh, that's one serving. Well, in fact, the, the nutrients that were listed were for three, like one serving was one third of the candy bar. So mm -hmm. like, that's how quickly things can get off is you might go, oh, I, I ate that, I logged it in, but what I logged in was one serving when in fact I just ate three servings. So that's another pitfall that comes mm -hmm. uh, with that is if you're not super, you know, paying attention to that. What about the idea that like our bodies treat calories differently? Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's huge too. It's like, we don't, I mean, I, the way I might process something Kayla is different than your body might process it as somebody else and so just because the label says it's 150 calories it doesn't mean my body is going to exactly treat it like 150 calories. no or absorb right. it that way I mean our gut microbiome is going to be different the environment of our intestines is going to be different um, people might have different conditions that's also um, a lot of food conditions celiac disease even started or what you made aware of that because you listened to some biofeedback from your body. Um, that's a huge reason why that you can't just blindly eat whatever might be on a diet or a meal plan or just because this product or program says that this is the right food for you. Um, eating those different things and, and also how you prepare food can change what the calorie is listed on if it's a raw on the label versus if it's cooked because fats cook out of food. Um, what are some other things that happen within food? Um, oh, if you eat the potato versus if you don't. Right, and even the, the way protein, when it denatures, can change a lot of quality in the way that you absorb it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, not to mention just how everybody is different and every season of their life is different. So maybe a pregnant woman will be absorbing something different mm, versus, you know, someone who is younger or older in their fifties, you know, it, it literally changes all throughout your lifetime as well. Mm -hmm. And if you're stressed, if you're under massive amounts of stress, your, um, your gut is not going to absorb nutrients as well, which is why you will be bloated or you'll have, you know, constipation or even diarrhea. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons why counting calories alone um, is not going to yield the results that you're truly looking for in terms of long-term sustainable health. And ultimately that's, that's what we want from you. So like being able to you don't have to count calories to be successful because we want you to pay attention to the biofeedback, your habits of what is it that you're actually doing to fuel yourself towards the habits that you want to cultivate. Um, what is your motivation? What's your why? Um, and is what you're doing sustainable? And is it make sense? Does it make, is, is it truth? Are you actually making your choices based on what's true or is it arbitrary myths um, that you're trying to uphold that don't make any sense? So that can be around food labels. That can be around time that you're eating. We have a really great um, podcast on that. And we also have several other podcasts that I'll link in the show notes about, um, are you really hungry? Is it cravings? Is it, we've mentioned this in the last several podcasts, but I'll link them below so that you can take a listen if you haven't yet, podcast number 18 and 19. And really those collectively being able to move from any type of structure, counting calories, macros, weight watchers, whatever it is, into intuition 
um, it takes practice. It takes all of these things that we're doing, which we're actually going to record another podcast for you, um, really honing in on how you move from macro counting into intuition, because we want to keep this conversation going. Sounds like a good plan. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys, until next time. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for joining in to another episode of the Fit Me Forever podcast. If you guys have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out via email at info at theomnifit.com. And of course, please connect with us on social media. All of our handles, our Instagram and Facebook are both at The Omnifit. And if you like this kind of content, if you like what we're putting out, please rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. That helps other people find us and it lets us know that we're putting out content that you enjoy. All right. Talk to you guys soon.